We will be off on October 1st, coming back on October 8th. We hope you guys enjoy the weekend, and we will see you on October 9th at the Better on Draft Craft Beer Festival at Jimmy John's Field. Tickets are still available. Go on and grab them. It's been a minute since you've been to a festival. Why not come back to ours as your first one? Don't forget to like our sponsors, the Tuna Liquor in Rochester Hills, just south of M59 on Rochester Road. Everything you need, beer, wine, liquor, cigars, cigarettes, lottery, snacks, everything you need, they carry. Of course, North Center Brewing over in Northville, Michigan, just south of Baseline Road. Go grab their release of nice bloobs, as well as go see them in the downtown Northville Drinking District. And PCI Brandcraft, everything that you want to slap a logo on, that's what they do. Whether it's a cap, a shirt, a glass, or a coffee mug. They've got you covered. That's at PCI Brandcraft on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow us on all of our socials, Better on Draft, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, Bod Podcast, be our friend on Untapped. Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's Better on Draft. Welcome, everybody, to episode 257 of Better on Draft podcast. It looks like uh, we do not have our guest here in studio yet, so we wanted to come on and start with the news of this week. Uh, let's go around and see what everyone's drinking real quick. For myself, I've got from the Great North Aleworks, Mars and Rover Amber Lager. And coming in right behind it, I've got, um, uh, oh my gosh, it's like Grunhopfen Stick Geron. Um, it's an alt beer. Fair. Uh, it was the only alt beer at the, uh, the beverage store that I went to in Maine, I believe I was in. Um, and I just said, Hey, do you have any alt beers here? And he said, I know of one. Uh, and it was the guy, that was the guy who manages all the sales of beers. Uh, cause the counter people did not know what an alt beer was, which is fair. Uh, not a very common style, but, uh, with that, uh, Wendy, what are you drinking? Uh, I have got the Oscar Blues Death by Coconut, uh, one of my favorite porters out there. Um, can't, I can't beat anything with co- coconut in it. I love it. And I also have the Can Obelis IPA, which is the resinous IPA. It's supposed to be a mix of the West Coast style and the hazy style. I love the the, the coconut uh, stout from Griffin Claw. Um I can't think of the name of it. It's off the tip of my tongue. It's got a weird name. Uh, it's actually, it's, it's a porter too. It's, um, I think it's called, uh, you figure it out. Yeah. Oh yes. It's yes. such, it's easily one of my it's favorite delicious. beers. Uh, Rob, what are you drinking over there? All right. First time I had that one, I did not like it, but then it just, I don't know. It just, it got somehow got better. Maybe there was something wrong with that particular can. It, it, um, it grew on you. I had, I had a double dwarf yeah. last week. And if you remember Ooh. my reaction to Double Dwarf the last time, mm. it was not good. Um, but it has been five years, I think, four years since I've had it, and it was it was pretty tasty. I was excited mm. to drink it, and I drank it all by myself. <laughs> you hated that beer. Uh, but right now, what I am having uh, in the uh, in the old Greg glass, uh, I found a can of Eastern Market Brewing's Contra Derby which uh, has been sitting somewhere for the last three months, four months. Um, so having that sucker, nice little, nice little stout. And on the side, in my no rules glass, got a little bit of uh, the, uh, the Bernheim, a little uh, wheat whiskey to kind of suck it down. 
I am definitely still going through all my vacation beers I purchased. Actually, someone in this chat room just came back from a nice little trip. Uh, Wendy, where, where were you? And uh, talk to us about the festival you went to. So we went to the Above the Clouds Festival at the Brahamari Brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, it was fantastic, man. They We never felt like it was overcrowded. We never waited more than two or three people deep for a beer. The beer was amazing. We thought it was going to be just a hazy IPA fest. And they had some of the best uh, barrel-aged stouts that I have had in a long time. They were so delicious. Um, they had a whole bunch of different breweries that were there, and it, it was just a really good time. Awesome. And you said there there was a special thing that they did over there? Oh, they had metal cups. It was so awesome. They're tasting cups. We didn't have to worry about anybody dropping it and breaking it because they're glass. We didn't have to worry about the plastic cracking. And then because it was warmer out, when they poured the beer into the metal cup, it was so nice and cool. It was just we really we like the metal cups. We think that more people should do that. Well, let's get into it as uh, we're still awaiting our guest. So here is Robert with the beer news. That's right. It's Robert with the beer news. Uh, I, I, I'm actually going to go to Wendy first because Wendy right before the show started was super excited to talk about a certain thing that just came out. Obviously you've seen the clickbait articles going around everywhere. Um, there is a beer that is illegal in 1800 or 1700 States. Um, so Wendy talk to us. Utopias 2020. Utopias announced their beer for this year. Um, that's going to be available starting October 11th. Um, the 12th biennial, biennial is that, I can't even say it, talk today, uh, edition of the Utopias uh, was finished on 2,000 pounds of cherries, including Michigan Balaton cherries, uh, to bring a slight sweetness and touch of tart flavor to this 28% ABV rarity. Um, I was just really excited that they used Michigan cherries. Um, I think it's fantastic. At $240 a bottle, I'm not 100% sure if I'm ever going to buy a bottle. I have gotten to taste it at great taste. What about you guys? Have you, would you ever do that? Uh, uh, I, I got the opportunity to try it at a World Expo of Beer um, where we, we got very, very limited amounts. Um, simply because uh, they participated in World Expo of Beer. Uh, they did not make it in their category, but uh, whatever was left, obviously a lot of the the super beer nerds that were helping pour the beers uh, were the first ones to go try to, to sneak some, um, as well as some of the tasters wanted to try it too. So it definitely got around, to say the least. Um, I don't think I'd ever pay that much money to... Um, for, for an ounce of beer or a bottle of beer, um, my my theory and my friends laugh at me all the time um, is when I, when I take something seriously is if I've ever bet more on a hand of blackjack, um, then it's not a gamble for me. Uh, so whether it's a, a beer, a bottle or something like that, I, I have yet to bet that much on a hand of blackjack. Uh, so it is it is still too rich for my blood. Rob, what about you? Uh, I think first, the one thing I'm, I'm always just kind of 
annoyed with is the article that comes out every two years because they did make it sound like it's the first time that this beer came out like every time is this beer that's being released is banned in so many states i mean okay yes it's banned in i think it's what's 15 states this time Uh, i don't know if, if that number has increased from two years ago uh, but I have not had a chance to try it. Uh, I do know of some people who have a bottle or bottles. Uh, looking at you, Wayne, uh, <laughs> that uh, hey. I, I, I might uh, <laughs> might have to uh, stop by and, and take out that uh, uh, quote unquote invite that that he has out for for other other uh, people uh, and get over there and try that. But I mean, yeah, the price tag is is high, and you know. 240 is MSRP. It seems like when I see it in the stores, the stores want 300 or 325. So you're paying even more. Well, that's, and if you that's get, why you're seeing it in the stores is because they didn't sell it for the MSRP and nobody's going to pay mm-hmm. that that premium. Right. So, I mean, if if you have a bunch of people who want to go in on it, then, you know, that takes a bit of the bite out of it. As long as you've got Let's just say you've you've got ten friends, and all of you want to are going to do a share at somebody's house where everybody gets a sip of this. Then I don't see the problem with it. I mean, paying you know essentially twenty five to thirty bucks per person is essentially if for for me drinkers out there. I mean, you talk about going to Shrams when the tasting room was open, and you wanted a one ounce pour of Heart of Darkness. That was 30 bucks for one ounce. So, I mean, if, if people are willing to pay for that for Mead, people are willing to pay for that for Utopias. It's just, like I said, as long as you have a group of people, then that takes a bit of the bite out of it. I mean, I don't feel like for something that's going to be 28%, I'm drinking that by myself or even just doing that with two or three people. I want a large group to share that with and to have that large group pay for it. And so you know what Matt Matt in the chat Matt Bush said it best is that good luck finding it for that uh, it's already sold to their best customer um, Ashley Price in the chat is saying that yeah. you can hang on to it for years yeah it's it's either sold to the best customer or that store uh, store owner is doing something special for a group of his best customers where he's selling it and mm-hmm. they're buying it and they're doing a tasting in the back room or after closing one night or something like that. Like most of these, cause I mean, to get it, obviously not every store is going to get it. So the stores that are going to get it have the clientele of repeat customers. Um, and that's just kind of how it is going to go. It's, it's kind of like the, the bourbon County. Um, and let's let's say Bourbon County or Bourbon County variants, we'll say regular Bourbon County usually sits on the shelf for a bit these days. But, you know, when when we're talking 2015, 2014, when people were chasing trucks still and you're going to six, seven, eight stores a day just to try to find uh, a Bourbon County like th- those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was also because a lot of stores that didn't understand what they were getting. Well, they understood what they were getting, which was a moneymaker, but they didn't really appreciate what they were getting. Um, there, there are so many stores that I where you see the Bourbon County and you see that it is, you know, a, a 10 to $12 bottle and they're trying to sell it for $30. And you're like, this mm-hmm. is just regular Bourbon County. To be honest, I'm hoping and I got to reach out to him um, that Ryan over at Three Nicks is doing their two year vert. Um because those that 
what they do, um, if you're unaware, Wendy, uh, just because you haven't been on the show since we've been there to do it, um, they do two-year vert, 10-ounce pour of each, $20. It's a ticketed event, and you have a one-week span to go. So you don't have to go at a certain date or a certain time. You have a certain date range, but you don't have to go on a Tuesday at 4 o'clock to know that you're going to get it. Um, you can go whenever you want. Usually we go when there was a Lions game or uh, some type of football or something like that, and we just show up. We give them our tickets. We get two 10-ounce pours, and that's it. Like You're paying for that convenience, which is nice. Um, but the but, one thing I'm actually hoping for is that you, you get a hold of uh, – uh, our guys over at Goose Island to see if we can get some more uh, media bottles only of of this year's releases. They did say to contact them. I know. I got I to gotta contact a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> so real quick before we move on, though, I did want to point out that, you know, Sam Adams is the official beer of the inspiration for um, and the, the, the first all-civilian space flight mission that just happened. Um, but in celebration of that, Sam Adams is willing to donate a maximum of $100,000 to support um, Jurek Isaacman, Isaacman's challenge to raise $200 million for St. Jude. Um, to extend the support of the cause, uh, Jim, I can never say his last name right, Coke. Coach? Coke? Coke. Uh, is Coke. offering his personal bottle number one of 2020 Utopias signed by himself and the Inspiration4 crew and a trip to the Sam Adams Boston Brewery for the St. Jude Charity Buzz auction. Uh, to learn more about that auction, go to stjude.org slash launchpad. I just wanted to bring that out. No, no, no. That's that's great to have. We'll have that in the show notes for sure. Um, you know, speaking of uh, Sam Adams and Boston Beer Co., there is another Sam uh, that is involved with Boston Beer Co., and that's Dogfish Head, because obviously Sam Adams, Boston Beer, owns Dogfish Head. Um, Mr. Caglione. There was a a interview, a panel uh, that Sam was on over the past week. Uh, it might have been during Craft Brewers Conference. I don't know for sure. Uh, but according to Sam at uh, Dogfish Head, if you were to look at the top 100 IRI-defined craft SKUs, most of them are from the 90s, meaning a person that just turned 21 saw their parents drinking these beers growing up. Um, he says that breweries have begun to refocus brands like Fat Tire as an outdoor brand as their IPA Voodoo uh, has overtaken Fat Tire as their number one seller. Uh, appealing to every drinker is ideal because every drinker has a list of styles they prefer, uh, but innovating and creating is still necessary, but doing so incrementally is what Sam believes in. Uh, he gave the audience a bit of information that the 60, 90, and 120 minute IPA makes up more than half of their sales. Just those three beers. Yeah. Uh, where can local breweries grow from here while your standard hazy and imperial IPA are still king? Um, this is going to be definitely the trend for this episode after the Sam Adams utopia part. Um, so we're going to start with Wendy. Where can where can breweries go um, grow from here? Oof. Before I answer that, that's a really <laughs> tough question because I – I think we've been saying it all along that they need to, I think more people are looking right now for this classic styles. They want standard beer styles that, you know, the, the traditional styles. Um, I think more than the hazy ones right now, I think people are starting to get a little bit tired of that. Um, but I would like to make one point about the voodoo. Um, you can get those in the uh, tall boys 
cans at your local 7-Eleven. So of course that it went above fat tire because you can pick up one or two on your way home from work. And that's what I would have done as a college kid. That's just my point on that one. I am not one to normally grab tall boys of craft beer. It's a very weird thing for me. Like I, I feel like tall boys are always reserved for a lager or now a seltzer. Um, I don't, I don't normally grab a uh, a tall boy of like and I've seen like Oberon. Not I think. now. Oh, not now. Not now. But the people that that's marketed towards are picking it up on their way home from class or whatever. You know, I, that's just my opinion. Of course, Voodoo took a, a rise on that one because it's available in something that's super easy to get. You can get it at any local store. And it's right next to your Budweiser. So if I have a choice between drinking Voodoo and drinking Budweiser, that's what I'm going to pick. Well, <laughs> while you were talking, real quick, uh, Nicholas came in. And uh, hello, Nick. How are you? And what are you drinking? Nicholas. I am so tired right now. <laughs> when aren't you? <laughs> well, as everyone probably knows on the show, I work for a certain utility company. And... Uh, summer's been non-existent outside of work <laughs> um that and finishing my basement um so needless to say average 12 to 16 hour days pretty much all summer uh so i am drinking my sierra nevada wild little thing right now i was actually contemplating going na and started drinking two roots but then i'm like you know what summer's almost over let's go with the with the uh with the sour so all right. Well, uh, to catch you up, we're talking about uh, craft beer needing a refocus and incrementally uh, increasing um, their innovation. Uh, so I'm going to pass it over to Rob, though. Rob, what's what's your thought? Can can local breweries grow from here? Um, and, uh, you know, while the standard is still the standard IPA, hazy IPA, imperial IPA uh, being king. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like. You know, kind of going with with Wendy's point in the beginning was that, you know, I I kind of want a reset. I, I want to kind of back off from all of the adjuncts and all of the barrel aging, despite the fact that barrel aged beers are like my favorite and have been my favorite for a long time. I, point. Well, I know. I, well, you, you were part of that, what you were saying was about, you know, beers going back to a little bit back to the yes. roots. Um, but just, just saying that, you know, I kind of want them to go back to, um, you know, as, as I like to say with PBR, I, I like to go back to beer flavored beer. I want to go back to the, the standard IPAs and the, the standard, um, you know, well, nobody really messes with Dunkles or, or Hefeweizens too much. Um, but there's there's a lot of you know things that get thrown into beers um, as Matt likes to you know vehemently um, you know discuss is anything that gets thrown in a colch. Uh, well, I kind of that was last week too, where I believe Travis or well, I mean the three people here were not on that episode, uh, but as as Travis and. <laughs> Zach from Old Nation and Urban Rest were talking about it. Like those aren't colches. Um, mm-hmm. like there, there are very specific rules to be a colch, and when you add an adjunct, it's not a colch anymore. 
Right. 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 And I, it's, it's a, it's a tough ass question. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly just don't know. Well, well I, you know, who, who thinks he knows um, saying he can hop in here. I was trying to give him a break since he came in a little bit late, but Nick, Nick, you think, you know, what's up? I, you know, I, I think back to the summer brew fest before COVID started when I, I think it was 20, 2019 was one that we went to. And um, I think uh, it was New Holland's dragon. Uh, it was, it was New Holland dragons, no triple mash. And when I had that, I, I asked myself, what in the world is going on with this? And then I came to the realization that I feel like breweries are just trying to go just push that limit as far as they to, to basically where they get to their to the edge of the of the of the cliff before falling. But that 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 never ever comes, I feel. So I think a reset is probably not a bad idea. Um, like for example, I went to Royal Oak Brewery last Saturday. Ken, you were there. For, for my birthday and I had nothing but English miles the entire night while I was there. I could not have enough of English mild. Nothing special, just a plain old English mild. Something that's, I don't know if it's really true to style. I don't know if they to try to brew it with intent true to style, but Jeremy if it was, is someone that I would love to get on the show. Jeremy yes. is such a smart brewer. Um, and yeah. you, you want to talk about like their Saturday afternoons when they do their Colshine hour. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a full production that they do over there and they do great. Um, they do great stuff with the, the true styles. They had an English mild, they had an Amber and they had an alt beer. I was yeah. in heaven. <laughs> so I think to, to kind of maybe if I can push Rob in the direction of answering the question, I think a reset is needed. I think it is needed. I think we need to kind of, you know, see if we can go back to seeing if we can see if we can start going back to true to style on some of these just for a bit. Just, just reset the stage of it. Your incremental innovation is to blow up the entire industry and start over. That's it's why not every- it's why what not? every evil. It's what every evil genius in most movies want. To yeah. Start. Why not? Why can't I be an evil genius? Why can't I be like uh, Doctor Evil in uh, Austin Powers for one night? Why can't so I, I do that? I, I think the problem is, is that we've already gone past the point of no return. We we have so many beers with yeah. adjuncts. We have seltzers. We have NAs. We have gluten removed. We, we there's like so many different varieties that are out. But. That, I mean, so, even some of those can go can go and kind of bring back those flavors. But I guess just just let me throw out all that all those other like variables I just threw in there, um, and just just like looking at just the beer as a whole, I feel like we we have so many different varieties of of how not only in style but just in adjuncts. I mean, I, I was kind of hoping like, you know, hopefully if, if um, you know, if, if Oscar blues comes out, I wanted to talk about the mustard beer. Like who the hell right. is uh, throwing right. mustard? Stop. I mean, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Okay. Mustard just, beer. Okay. So the, I, I think goes, so. It goes well with the uh, shock top pretzel beer. Well, no, don't. Well, first and foremost, the shock top pretzel beer was actually pretty good. No, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what any of you people say. I thought that was a good beer. And just like our sponsor, North Center Brewing out in Northville, Michigan, says, if you if you think it's a good beer, then 
If you like it, then it's a good beat. I feel so, like they but, need to adjust their slogan to "If you yeah. like it, as long as it's not shock top pretzel." Oh, whatever, dude. <laughs> so, 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 Rob. Well, so, so, okay. Let's 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 keep this going. So, you mentioned the seltzers and the NAs. Are those really just trying to push the line of craft beer, or are you catering to a certain market by those? Because we have people, you know, the gluten free, the NA, the the seltzers. Some people just drink nothing but seltzer. Some people are recovering alcoholics, or, or they don't want to be drinking beer. They want to drink any beer. Um, Maybe they just want to take a break. Are they just want? Yeah, they yeah. take a break. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, if it's you know from those, I mean, you're catering to those particular audiences. If we're just talking about craft beer as we know it, with the the New Englands, the hazies uh sours um you know things like that you know is it, it yeah i i suppose you're right maybe we are at the point of no return and but you know at what point is, is there a certain point that we could just it, it will just topple over the cliff and then craft beer just sinks and then we're going to be forced to restart at that point is there a certain is there probably a i mean this okay. is probably something like you know, when we had uh uh what was it bart watson the the economist over at uh, at the ba mm-hmm. i mean it's about watching the it's like anything from that from looking at at stocks it, it, it's watching the trend lines and if the trend lines start to go down for all of these different styles then you know that's something that you know like bart at the ba is going to look at and hopefully you know breweries if they have access to the information is going to look at and say well shit NEs are starting to go down mm-hmm. um but for for some reason alts are going up so hey right. we need to start going out when you start making more alt beers we need to start making more browns we, we need to start making more dunkles so I, just, I i know you're saying this just to make me very happy so, but you don't have to say it but i right, i right, i, I, I want to go for it yeah i was going to ask one more question and then so okay if we just let the brew the beer industry just topple over that cliff and fall down on its own do you think self-imposing a reset would be better than letting the brute the industry fall down on its own i don't i don't think mm. you're going to stop like <laughs> oh i i agree not you're not going to stop ipas you're not going to stop people who want ipas you're yeah. you know you're you're going to attract a lot of people who are looking for those styles and who are looking for um that kind of craft beer scene um but it's going to be few and far between i think a lot it needs to it's going to bring down a little bit because what's what's happening and we we talked about it with a few different guests um is that breweries are soon and very very soon are going to be your local pubs now because not too many breweries are going to start distroing anymore and if they're distroing they're distroing local and they're distroing draft only um these breweries are really confining to where they're going to brew and they're going to brew to a very limited amount of people and people will come visit them because they're a brewery. They'll use things like the Michigan brewery map app, um, which if you are a faithful listener and you do have the Michigan brewery map app, but you're not a, not a big, you know, nice cell phone user. Uh, the Michigan brewery (laughs) map app is now on Google maps, uh, and you can go to it by going to mibeermap.com. So head over there and you can build your own brewery tour using the map app over there. But I, I want to talk about a reset that happened with a brewery 
um, nearly 16 years ago, because 16 years ago, uh, Allagash, which is out of Portland, Maine, yeah. was distributed into 26 states. And since then, as of last year, it has dwindled down to 16 states, um, a lot of local states, you know, close to the New England area. Um, but they have grown from 20,000 barrels to 100,000 barrels. So five times the amount. This place is massive, by the way. Um, if you're ever in Portland, this is a great place to start or excuse me, to end a brewery tour because there's that brewery and then there's across the street four breweries all within like walking distance. And when I say walking, I don't mean like stumbling in the city of Asheville where you can get from brewery to brewery. I mean, literally, you could see people on the patio of the other breweries. So that's how close it is. So either start your day there and finish your day there or end your day there and just go to this area. Um, but what they did was is that they – really confined they they got out early because they figured out that hey craft beer is starting to explode you there's a lot of competition and if you don't have the people selling in these different areas um you're going to be stuck losing and this is a brewery that doesn't rely on their ipa their top two brands are a a whip beer and a triple um so how do they go within the system itself because when we think you know when we think new belgium we still think fat tire that's the first thing that comes to our head um yeah but as the, the competition of craft beer being crazy here in michigan let alone with the the states how are these breweries that have the distribution capabilities going to be entering into these other states and i really don't think it's dropping another ipa like maybe you can get away with dropping an ipa but i think you need to show something that nobody's seen before um and it's crazy to think nobody's seen these standard styles too often like that's the um the hard, hard thing is that nobody sees these styles. So when Allagash comes back in, like, what, what do we know as wheat beer here in Michigan? Oberon, Blue Moon. Um, is there another? Yeah. Is there is there a local wheat beer that I just really can't think Wango. of? Wango. Wango over at Atwater. Yeah. At Atwater is amazing. It's not craft beer, though, Wendy. <laughs> For God's sake. It's owned by Molson Coors. Anyways, I like the Wango mixed with uh, Final Absolution. Actually, it's a fantastic oh. beer cocktail. Well, at that point, I'm going right, to ask that. them to make a Mango Final Absolution, a Mango Triple. Is I'm it a triple then? If you do, is, is that oh, well, the same rules as the Kolsch? Like you can't so, fuck no, up a when triple I'm at, like that. When I'm at Dragon Mead, though, if they have the, I think it's Bright Castle, their apricot wheat. Castle Bright. Castle Bright. Castle Bright. Oh, yeah. Castle yeah. Bright. Yeah. I will mix those two because those are amazing together as well. Castle Bright. Love both beers on their own, but the apricot wheat and the final absolution at Dragon Mead mixed. Amazing. Damn. Okay. Something else to try. <laughs> beer cocktails by Wendy. We need to have this whole <laughs> segment of now just talking about beer cocktails and what beers to mix in, in the local area. <laughs> Matt That's... Matt says something in the chat, and I think it kind of re-hones in what I was talking about for the local industry, because Royal Oak Brewery obviously doesn't distro because they are a brew pub. Uh, Dragon Mead does, um, but again, when people go to Dragon Mead, they're, they're going either for the experience um, or the fact that they've been going for years um, or like because they are true to style brewers, but they also have the ability because they've been doing it for 
decades now um, of just brewing. How many how many beers are on tap when you go there? Fifty, like, and it's all their beers, and it's all like really really good beers. And that's going to be the type of brewery you're going to need to have for a local establishment because who's going to – well, mind you, there's Dragon's Landing, but who's going to the 696 uh, off-ramp onto Grossbeck? And if you mess up and you pass Dragon Mead, you got to go down, Grossbeck, around, come back. Like, it ain't an easy place to find. Um, I screwed so, that up at least three times. I always but, found but it was worth it. I always found the fact that breweries are so difficult to find part of the appeal, in my opinion. I like searching out the different breweries and the fact that the Uber drivers are like, I don't think I should drop you off here. And we're like, no, I can see the entrance through those two buildings down that alley. You know, it, that both of those things have happened, by the way. I, I think Downey in, in, in uh, Dearborn here in Michigan is probably one of the toughest ones to find. And, but once you get there, it is, it, it's an experience for sure. If you haven't been to Downey since uh, COVID hit, they definitely have popped the, the front of their building. So it's, it's pretty easy to find oh, okay. now with uh, like, I remember at the beginning, potentially having driven by it, but now it's a very, it's a very easy, easy thing to spot um, for sure. They're, That's good. There as a continuation to kind of these stories, um, you know, there there's another brand that we've talked about and uh, I'd love to get on the show. Uh, but Shiner is releasing their 1909, um, which is a uh, nod to the year they were uh, they began brewing. So they are 112 years old. Um you know, Shiner's been brewing since 1909. They actually didn't even make their first IPA until after brewing for 100 years. Um, they've created their own footprint brewing box, pills, lagers. Um, like, I, I loved Shiner Amber, um, and it sucks that it never really distroed out of Texas, and that was my thing when I would always go down to Texas, um, is to get Shiner Amber. Uh, Amber. Um, but they've done this without relying on an IPA to uh, pad their sales, I'll say, uh, as they are the number five craft brewery by production. Um, as with what we've talked about earlier, we saw New Belgium's Voodoo, Lap Fat Tire, Dogfish Head's Minute Series is half their sales. Do you guys think a new brewery could succeed in today's market without one of the heavy hitter sales beer styles? And when I say those, I'm talking uh, Hazy IPA, IPA, Imperial IPA, um, without having obviously been in the industry for 100 years. <laughs> I guess define survive. Are, are we talking about just within the community or we're, we're talking about potentially doing some sort of like mid-level distribution? Um, I'm talking uh, a brewery to explode into distribution. Gotcha. All right. Could a brewery get to the level of let's, let's, let's go locally and let's not even go one of the top few. Let's say, um odd side level new holland level uh shorts level do you think a brewery could get there without an ipa because when when people talk about the the next big thing of beers when was the last non-ipa next big thing of beers when was my thing is with big thing of beers my thing is with with odd side they got more skews than jc penny 
So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't have an answer to when was the last, the next, what was the last next big thing that wasn't <sighs> IPA. I mean, unless you want to count all the seltzers that are out there right now. No, I'm, I'm talking about um, like beer, beer, not I, beer flavored beer, but you know what I mean? Like actual beer. I know yeah. what I mean. Um, yeah, I do think that they could because it's really a lot of times when breweries blow up the way that we've seen them blow up, it's not just about the beer. It is about the culture. It is about the way that they get people brought in and how they make their people feel. It, it's marketing, 100%. It's the way that you feel when you're in that brewery and how you want to share it with everybody else. I'm going to go and say, I'm going to go and say, no, you can't survive without any of those. To be honest. I think people expect, I think people who enjoy craft beer from the casual drinker all the way to the connoisseur or the CBYs, um, they expect you to at least have one of those on tap at any given time. Whether it's a hazy, whether it's a New England, you got to have at least one. Otherwise, I mean, and, and remember, remember when we started saying people will judge you if you have buy your New England IPA or I, or just regular IPA. Remember when we've had those conversations? Mm -hmm. It's almost given that you have to have at least one of those now. People expect it. At least that's my opinion. People expect that you have to have at least one of those on tap at any given time. Well, Is it because I, they have it, to have that. Or because they want a wide variety. I think people like wide variety. I whenever I go to a brewery, I like variety. When I go, when I went to Dragony for the very, very first time, that was my introduction to craft beer. I was astounded by the variety that they had. I, I don't remember how many taps that they had at the time. This was forever ago. I'm not sure if it's still the same, but I mean, it had to have been at least 15 to 20 different taps. And that's what I like about craft beer is the variety of different flavors, the different the things you can do with different styles. I mean, who, who would have thought that you could put uh, jalapeno peppers in a beer and call it a beer? I mean, that, that again, that's what turned me on to craft beer is the variety. And I think people like variety. And I think if you don't have that level of variety in your first set of, you know, 10 tap handles on your opening day or eight, whatever, um, that I think, you know, people might get turned off by that. that that's yeah. okay. I'm just personal opinion. I just variety. It's my thing. Ken, where are you going to go? I mean, I think where a lot of go? people, the, the way people are saying that they're going to uh, um, go to a brewery, like the, the way that I expect when I go to a brewery to see, you know, a couple of dark beers on draft. Uh, I think a lot of people expect to see IPAs on draft. I think it's, <laughs> Different people, same mentality when you go. Like I, I could only imagine if, and I don't, I don't know if the the Rob even had an IPA, but I can only imagine somebody showing up to the Rob um, and looking for an IPA and mm -hmm. uh, just not being able to get one. Um, there are uh, looks like a couple people that are watching us live um, over in our Twitch channel. Uh, thank you so much, Bites, for joining us. Um, guys, we're live Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, facebook.com forward slash better on draft uh, or better on draft TV. Either of them, the better on draft TV goes to our Twitch TV, which our Twitch TV name is Bod Podcast, to check us out. I literally have been racking my brain for the past five minutes trying to think of the most 
taken off beer that was not an IPA or let's say an imperial or pastry stout. Um, and I can't even name one. Um, it's tough. I mean, and I guess kind of just like, I guess for, for, for my opinion on it, it's, it's kind of what, what uh, Nick is saying is that there's too many people that, I guess, in my opinion, that are going to judge a brewery by their IPA or their New England IPA. And there's too few of people who we've had as guests on this show who will judge a brewery by their lager. And there's not enough where I, I think that's just that's just it. There's just not enough people who are going to judge a brewery by another style. And therefore, just by that popularity, they're going to be looking for those IPAs, the New England IPAs. And um, I, I just don't see that a new brewery could survive without one of those. Cause we, I mean, as craft beer is concerned, we have enough of a problem as it is trying to get, you know, the, 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 the bud and the Miller drinkers to come in and say, um, what, what's in here that I could drink. And then, you know, brewery has to figure out, you know, what they have just to get them to drink something. Never mind to get the craft beer drinker to come in there and there's not an IPA or a New England IPA. And I would think some of those people would turn around and leave. I, I think that the the breweries itself, like if you're if you're making a pills, obviously other breweries judge breweries by their pills lager or Kolsch. Um, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show. Um, and I think that the problem is, is that pills is not a category that sells very well. Um, it just doesn't sell in the public. And uh, but it's a necessity while you're not necessarily pills like pills, Kolsch lager, clear beers. Um, you need one of those for the people that are coming in because they're getting dragged to the industry. Uh, every single brewery that I've gone to, and I can say this with confidence, uh, every brewery that I've gone to has had one of those three beers on tap. Um, I don't think I've ever been to a brewery that has not had a, a clear beer on tap. Um, and that's because there's just too many people, more people still drink Miller light and Bud light and Coors light and Bud. And like too many people still drink that to not make that kind of beer for when those people come in, because that's still a huge population. Um, and you're hoping to pull them in with that beer so that they drink mm-hmm. other things. Um, or they drink more of that beer and you're making money instead of one grumpy person sitting at the table saying, when can we, why can we go to the fucking Moose Lodge? Uh, occasionally you can pull them in. Actually, uh, this past week uh, at my day job, we had a work party and I was responsible for getting the beer. Um, I One of the older guys gave me shit two years ago because I had decided to get a, it was both of them from Easter market brewing. And I got a, the market day IPA and their wonder board Kolsch. And he hated both of those. So this year I got um, this time the pineapple market day IPA for, for everybody who wanted, who wanted, I figured there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to want um, an IPA. And so I was like, let me give him an IPA. That's not too overly bitter. That's an IPA. And they enjoyed it. And then for everybody else, because I work in a trucking industry, I have a whole bunch of guys who do nothing but like turn wrenches and do diagnostics. So I got a lager and the guy who shit on the coach two years ago, he was over there just like, on like his fourth cup of the lager. And it was just like, 
Yeah, you did it right this time. I, I think more people would do lagers if they had the time and capacity to do lagers. Looking yeah. at uh, Dearborn Brewing for the first time ever is making an actual true Oktoberfest as opposed to a Mocktoberfest is what they used to call oh, wow. it. Um, because they have the time. They have the time and capacity to do it. And not mm-hmm. many breweries, especially small ones, have it, which is 100% fair as a reason to not have any type of lager on draft. Yeah. Um, just because if you're trying to keep up with the demand and keep up to keep up eight taps or 10 taps or even six taps, like mm-hmm. there's there's a brewery, the brewery out in Romulus, Artisan Reserve, like they're a one barrel system. <laughs> Um, and the, the guy who owned it, his partner passed away, like at the beginning and then COVID hit and like all this shit is happening and he's just trying to like stay afloat. I'm like, I, I gave him like such good props and the, the, the beer was, the beer was good. Like it it wasn't anything to write home about. I'm not like, Oh my gosh, if you fly into DTW, you need to stop here, but it was a a great place to go. My problem with the place in which I learned because of obviously the passing was, is that they were just closed so much and I couldn't get there when they were opened because they were only open, you know, as much as the guy could work physically. (laughs) Um, yeah. If you can't if you can't work physically, then obviously you can't open. So we get that. <laughs> um, but I appreciate the um, you know the hospitality when I went there, and I was able to to check it out for sure. Um, that's gonna do it for the news. Um, we're gonna do the uh, King of the Hill real quick. And then we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to try to reach out to our guest to see what's up. Maybe he got the uh, the times crossed over because we are in Eastern and he might not be. Or he might read 7 Eastern and thought it was 8 Eastern, so maybe he'll be on hopping soon. Um, but that's going to do it. Better on draft the news segment, 924. No matter what you think of your beer, we think it's better on draft. Have a good night. Peace.